And we should do On Deadly Ground. I watched it last night. It is fucking ridiculous. in the garage i'm cory cope i'm freddie Waff. this is kickstart for fuck it was the first it's my grandma's birthday today well it would have been her birthday today june 1st yep my grandma alice i missed the shit out of her she was fucking the best yeah um it's uh who else what else is going on it's my buddy paul's anniversary today it's his 12th wedding anniversary and it's something else today yeah it's june 1st kickstart we man uh, we Still in lockdown. Yeah, we didn't have a, a regular episode last week because there was a little bit of confusion on some things and time. My schedule got all fucked up last week at Fox, which is a big surprise because, you know, <laughs> when they ask you to work, you just work. You know, there's not a whole lot of arguing going on with anybody right now. But Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you know, it's okay. Yeah. The world will roll on. In the last week, we had a couple of things come about, which uh, I think is kind of cool. HBO Max finally debuted. And for those of you that already had HBO uh, or, uh, you know, HBO Now, which is basically what HBO Max is now. It's just HBO Now. But now they've added all this really cool content that Warner Brothers has spent the last year or so uh, cultivating. Some of the stuff they already you already were expecting, you know, the Rick and Morty's, basically all the Cartoon Network stuff you already knew was coming over. But also, if you care, this they made a big, big stink about grabbing Big Bang Theory and Friends. I think combined, they spend like $1.4 billion on the two titles for like five or six years or something like that. Funny. Yeah. Well, I was super excited because I, I wanted to watch Batwoman because Batwoman being a CW show, but... Uh, Netflix normally has this deal with CW that as soon as the show completes for a season, it shows up on Netflix the next day. Well, well, I never saw it pop up and I realized, oh, it's not showing up. What's going on there? And I did a little research. The, uh, that whole deal with CW and Netflix applied to shows that existed prior to the 1920 season. So the nine, 1920 or 2020, 1920, man, <laughs> it was their old radio play. Yeah, I remember. I remember Black Lightning when it was on radio. It was so fantastic. <laughs> the Bart. I was hoping, hoping, fingers crossed, super hoping that the season four Rick and Morty would show up on here, but it's not there yet. It's not there yet. It's still uh, only on VOD or uh, Cartoon Network app or whatever. So it's just seasons one through three, which is great because if you don't want Hulu anymore, if that's the reason you hang on to Hulu, well, guess what? Now you're good to go. No more following that. So Rick and Morty season one and three, and they look, by the way, the, all the transfers that I've seen so far look amazing. Everything looks really good. You got all the HBO TV shows that, you know, all the HBO original series are there. Current stuff, old stuff. There's one thing that's missing. And I said this about HBO when HBO Go came along and actually HBO VOD in general. And I know we're never going to see it, but dude, dream on. Someone needs to figure out the licensing issue. Like if they can finally get Fast Times Original Mount High to come out, then you need to figure this one out 
because Dream On was like one of the best shows, original shows that HBO has ever had. And it's never shown up at all on any of the streaming services, which sucks because it's a wonderful show. And it's totally relatable to everybody. And the old clips that they, you know, they always they would always cut away to. Man, that's the problem. It's those clips. The licensing for those clips. Um, oh yeah, man. The yeah, those things are. Yeah, you can't. It's uh, whatever deal they must have had probably ran out. I guess that you know who who knows. I mean, dude, try to get an old movie cleared for a movie. It's fucking painful. Right. This is all. And there's so many in each episode, right? Right. And this, yeah, and this came along between the the 88 strike for the writers and the strike that would hit in 2008 right 2008 uh i want to say 2000 yeah 2007 2008 yeah so in between all that that's when all the streaming stuff came along and it's like oh yeah streaming stuff yeah we have no way of making any money off that right what service do you know what major service service do you know of right now that isn't does not have a streaming branch rolling off of its content just because just because you have spectrum to handle your your internet and your television doesn't mean that it's not they don't have a streaming very hell even spectrum's got a streaming version of its own shit that's I mean, right yeah you don't even have to have a dvr anymore all you have to do is have a box capable of doing it like an apple tv or a roku well S- stars you can have a stars app and you can still pay for stars live through whoever i mean it's yeah kind of silly so the drag right now is still unresolved is, and speaking of rights, is that HBO Max does not have a carriage deal in place with Amazon or with Roku. So any of your Amazon devices, your Fire Stick, your Fire HD, your Kindle uh, apps, uh, your Kindle uh, tablets, or your Roku television or your, or your standalone Rokus, no HBO Max for you. Um, the, the carriage deal still haven't been struck yet, which... I don't know, it says a lot, but between the two of them, they represent over 75% of the streaming market as far as the devices that handle streaming. So if you're HBO Max, you need to start, you need to figure it out. But yeah, kind of a drag for those folks that are doing that. Something weird I discovered on my iPhone, again, an iOS device that had HBO Max that my, uh, my, I couldn't, here's crazy. I've never had this trouble in the past. I couldn't even airplay it to my tv to my roku i couldn't huh. and i've never seen that in the past because it's like what does that have to do with anything so even even um the app itself isn't allowing you to do it it's allowing me to send to apple tv but it won't allow it won't show my it'll and it'll show my two lg televisions but it won't show it won't come up on my roku roku doesn't come up on my list of things i can uh, uh air signal to which sucks but, you know, HBO's got to figure it out. And, I, you know, look, Disney Plus had a couple of hiccups in its launch. I never experienced any of the hiccups, but this is no different. But then again, uh, Disney didn't shortcut the any of their carriage deals with all the major companies. It's funny, man. I don't... Uh... I don't have uh, I don't have a Roku or any HBO. <laughs> I didn't because uh, I kept seeing all the stuff. I, I I'm still not clear on what has happened. Like because there's HBO on Hulu. If if you want to watch HBO, I, it's so confusing to me and so convoluted about which HBO is which HBO that it, like I feel my head will blow up uh, if I try to figure it out. I did read this morning about some of the uh, I guess it's what is it would you call it cross platforming issues they're having um right. yeah so it sounds like a drag 
But the thing is, when you see HBO or Stars or any of that stuff attached to Amazon or attached to Hulu, those are just, you know, as if you were using iTunes. Yeah, I subscribe subscribe through those services through iTunes or through uh, Hulu or through Amazon. What sucks, though, like we go on Google and try to find out something's on is streaming on what service and you see it says Hulu and underneath it says subscribed. I hate when you click on it and it goes, oh, yeah, if you have Stars. Or if you have HBO. Or if you have Cinemax. Or if you have or, Cinemax. Yeah, and I'm totally. like going, come on, man. Just like Say that there. Yeah, totally. It should say it before I click it. <laughs> right. And there's been lots of times, too, where Google's got it wrong. The cache is old. If I go, it goes, oh, it says it's available on Prime. Like when we were looking up. Striking distance? Stri- <laughs> no, not striking distance. Well, we were looking, we were talking about split second the other day. And we were looking for, I come in peace slash dark angel. If you looked them both up on Google, it says subscribed underneath Prime, and that's all it says. And you click on it, and it doesn't, and it has, it doesn't even have it on Prime or one of their buttoned services that you can get through them, HBO, Cinemax, or whatever. It just wasn't available. You can buy or rent, and that was it. So even even Google's got their information incorrect. So sometimes you can't rely on that, you know, to be accurate. Or we, what's funny is like uh, when you go to IMDb and you look for something, it'll it'll tell you it's. Either it's streaming on Amazon or or it's not available or it's available, you know. To, but my mom can't figure this out, right? She's looking, she's looking for things, you know, that are probably that stre- are streaming on other sites that she has. But she just if she goes to, and she ends up buying episodes of things that she has free subscription to through some of her other streaming. So it's but you know, I trying to explain that to a seventy three year old who is trying to grasp the whole which remote is which <laughs> i've turned the spanish subtitle my tv's speaking in spanish <laughs> why did why are there subtitles in french well you probably hit a subtitle uh do you remember and yeah having more than one remote uh you know so uh, you know i feel bad because it's like i don't know how to fix that <laughs> for her but um yeah man it's it's a drag I wish there was, I mean, I'm sure there is, but I just trying to explain to her how to figure it out. Like, here's a thing that'll tell you where everything you want to see is streaming and you could cross-reference it with, these are the channels you have. You know, it's a bit, there used to be an app for that, I thought, that like would tell you all the things that were streaming. Like back when I had a Roku, I felt like there was a thing, it was like a preview of things that were coming, going, and were on and would tell you like if they were streaming on Crackle, Netflix, this, that, and the other, and it would list all that, but then it just disappeared. At some update, at some point when that, when the Roku updated, when when streaming exploded and became the the norm rather than, you know, a novelty as cable companies would probably were hoping. Right. Here's something that should be the same reason why people get super excited about Disney Plus for our old people. They have all the OG Looney Tunes. That's fucking great. I mean, I'm not joking. I'm talking like old black and white stuff that goes back to the like way, way back. But then they have all the cool little one-offs that were always kind of, you know, goofing on uh, live action people like all the Abbott and Costello, the Abbott and Costello mice and all that kind of stuff. So good. I mean, they have like how many episodes here? There's 31, 31 years of cartoons that they're listening. Or they call them seasons, but it's, a, it's like a mixed bag. Um, anyway, it's fun, good stuff on there. If you had a chance to get it on a good deal, you could have paid eleven ninety nine for the first year. And again, it's really a, it's really you're getting HBO and then this extra stuff. If it didn't sound so redundant, you, this thing is basically a Disney Plus, but it's like the the Warner Brothers version of that. 
But like I said, lots of lots of really cool stuff on there. Lots of stuff I don't give a shit about, but there's lots of stuff I don't care about on Disney Plus too. So who cares? Right. Uh, Visible Man came out this year finally on optical disc. And those of you that gave a shit about it and saw it, maybe saw it in the theater before everything got shut down, or you saw it on uh, Cinema at Home. It's out. I liked it a lot. I think Lee and I made a fine follow-up to Upgrade, even though I think Upgrade's a far superior movie. I really enjoy enjoyed it. Usually, again, I didn't expect much from this. You know, I had a lot of reasons not to like it, but just like uh, experiencing Space Force premiering like, a couple of nights ago on Netflix, the new Steve Carell uh, developed show, it's poop. <laughs> it, oh, that trailer I, doesn't I'm, look. I mean, oh no, dude, look. I, it looks goofy. And like, I expected nothing from Space Force, and then when I got nothing, should I? Can I still say that it sucks? Because <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. What are you eating? I'm eating a piece of popcorn. Yeah, it's crunchy. It's movie stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's why I left you. What the hell were you eating? Like a bowl of cereal the other day? You heard it. You heard me clanking with the spoon. Well, yeah, well, you were at the beginning of the kickstart. You were when we were talking about Aquaman. Yeah, man. You were eating. So I, I was eating a bowl. I was beating a bowl of kelp. <laughs> Dude, I was laughing so hard. I'm going to put that in there. Yeah, it was kelp. You know, it helps. You're eating kelp. Yeah. Why are you eating kelp? Because we were talking about Aquaman. Oh, what are you really eating? <laughs> uh, fuck, I don't even remember, man. Rice, maybe? <laughs> bowl of rice? Uh, Quinoa, maybe? I don't know. I hate quinoa, dude. I love it. Uh, what was I going with? Like, why did I bring that up? Uh, you started with the Invisible oh, Man. Oh, because you were eating something. And I was eating popcorn. <laughs> I, mean, I liked it a lot. I know you. Uh, I, I, know. I never saw it. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> you never saw it. <laughs> I love Claude Rains. <laughs> I've seen every Invisible Man except for that one. Uh, my favorite Invisible Man is Memoirs of an Invisible Man starring Chevy Chase and Daryl Hannah and Sam Neill, directed by John Carpenter. I would never say it's my favorite. It's, it's not my favorite, it's but not, I like it. It's not bad. Yeah, it's fun. It's just got a bad rap. It's not terrible. Huh. Better than some other Carpenter movies that people like are in love with. What? Yeah. Well, you know, there's some people that just like people's work no matter what it is. Sure. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I I love Prince of Darkness. Love it. Dude, even, I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff. I love a lot of Carpenter's movies, but then there's also a lot of it where it just, you know, sucks ass through a straw. You know, it's top level felching. There you have it. <laughs> just when you thought we couldn't bring up anything worse. I just, you just ruined my popcorn. I ruined, is it got chocolate on your popcorn? No. Oh. God, no. No, you're not one of those goofy people that put like milk does or shit in your popcorn. When you're no, man, I gave up sugar like six months ago. I haven't eaten any refined sugar in six months. If you guys could see what Freddie looks like right now, <laughs> I showed it to Melody and she goes, oh my gosh, what happened to him? And I go, "He he's eating better. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I gave up I gave up sugar and uh, refined sugar and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, that meat. Let, let's see what happens when you uh, when you go on location in July. I, dude, I started while I was on location. I've always found that it's easier not to eat something when there's catering or craft services if they end up if you count on it and then they end up having something you don't want. Like man, I, I I turned fifty. I was I was I two weeks before I turned fifty. Stepped on a scale and I was like, good god! And yeah. I, I saw a picture of myself from a location scout and I was like, I look like Marlon Brando, circa nineteen sixty eight. What does that mean? Before it before he got real fat. <laughs> 
It was like the shadow of my ass weighed five pounds, man. So, you know, I want to Now you're as skinny as Marlon Brando at 21. Yeah, man. Uh, now <laughs> now I'm, I'm approaching Montgomery Clift <laughs> <laughs> from here to eternity, skinny. Um, yeah. The Invisible Man, we, we we talked we talked about The Invisible Man. There was something we talked about that we were both, wasn't there something else? That, oh, yes. you We're, we're going to, Pretty in Pink, right? Was yeah, that, yeah. Uh, I, I was mistaken. It's not out tomorrow. It's actually out on the 16th. But we can talk in general about sure. the, the whole Paramount Presents yeah. series. They put out some, okay, so Paramount Presents announced uh, probably like a March that they were they were uh, turning to their catalog for a whole bunch of celebrate celebratory type of re- releases. And by the way, I had no idea that Paramount did any of Elvis Presley's movies. I thought they were all like Warner Brothers and like MGM and stuff. But obviously, I was wrong because they put out King Creole. They put out. Right. They also put out Alfred Hitchcock's To Catch a Thief with you know, Cary Grant and Grace Kelly. That packaging um, looks out of control too. The, all the packaging in this whole series is really cool. Fatal Attraction. And some things haven't been released yet, but like Top Gun's due out. Pretty Pink's out on the 16th, like I said. And Days of Thunder? Days of Thunder's already out. Okay. Uh, in July, we'll have an air. They're doing Airplane, which oh, I thought was yeah. super, super cool. Uh, what else did, they, did what else did we see on the list? Flashdance is already out. The, yeah, so the Fatal Attraction one is already out. Days of Thunder's already out. Ghost is also out the same day as Airplane. Now, again, you don't have to be like a major fan of these movies just to appreciate the fact that you are getting a boutique style treatment on these movies, which is pretty cool. And it's not just a reissue. And I'm, I'm looking at the back of the thing and they, there's some, I mean, dude, I didn't, this is like the, like the, these are all brand new, really remastered. Like for instance, the days of thunder one is from a new 4k transfer that Bruckheimer supervised, which I thought was really cool. And so there's not much to in the special features side of things, but something that you don't see a lot on Blu-rays, they have the isolated score in it for Hans Zimmer. And again, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you like Hans Zimmer's score or not, but the isolated score was something you saw a lot on Laserdisc and sporadically throughout DVD's history too. But you didn't, you don't see it a lot on Blu-rays. I, I, I guess because there's a whole, there's a whole choice there because you'd have to strike a, a separate HD audio track for that. And because of that, I mean, HD audio takes up a lot of space on these Blu-rays. So something has to give. That's another reason why there's not a lot of extras on these on these releases, too. Their focus is on the quality and experience of the movie itself and not so much all the extra stuff. So that's where it kind of differs from a normal boutique release. They're getting a special treatment boutique style for the actual movie itself, but not so much on the extras, which is fine. There's plenty of opportunities to find extras on any of these movies that, are, that we just talked about. But to have the quintessential highest quality video and audio out there for a movie that you love, like A Days of Thunder, that's pretty fucking cool. That's real cool. I mean, um, it's funny because I have I have one of those three, uh, you know, three Blu-rays. I think it's because it's a Tom Cruise pack. It's got Days of Thunder, The Firm, and Collateral on it, I think. But I'm, I'm wondering how much more fantastic. I'm just, I, I got to look at the extras on that Days of Thunder. <laughs> For some reason, Days of Thunder is one of my favorite Tony Scott movies. <laughs> and I, I know it's just, it's really just Top Gun with race cars. But I saw it in a theater, like at the Cinerama Dome, I think, when it came out. And right. it was, it's like the sound in there was amazing. And it's a, you know, it's one of those things I'll never forget. It's one of those movie going experiences that was just like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, it must've been what it, it must've been like when you saw like Grand Prix or Le Mans back in the, 
you know, late late sixties, early seventies, you know, the room is shaking and, you know, it's rumbling and you're like, Holy God. Cause it, I mean, you know, up until that point, I don't think I'd had experienced a movie like quite like that. Right. It's like super exciting now to, to see this, the, this kind of treatment being given to movies that we're so fond of. Yeah. And another thing too, is a lot of these movies haven't seen any kind of Blu-ray release. Oh no. In like 10 or 12 years. Some of them are actually first time Blu-ray releases too. What's really cool is like the Fatal Attraction one. When was the last time? And in fact, I got to say, you didn't see this in Blu-rays at often or at all. But the thing about, at least for the, the, the Fatal Attraction packaging, it folds out as the top, the top flat, the cover is a, is just a cardboard flap that opens up to the disc inside. And there is some kind of a, uh, it looks like a book form, booklet form on the Fatal Attraction one. But it's the same situation where they've remastered in 4K. That, that's a whole, the entire Paramount Presents series is all remastered in a 4K, brand new 4K restoration. So again, even if you, even if this came out two weeks ago on a standard Blu-ray or a boutique Blu-ray, it, it, it's not going to have the same encode and it's going to be unique to this release. I have to think that also that the 4K release matches up and it does. Yeah. So if Days of Thunder is also on 4K as well, it isn't just this but here's something that's interesting this is something you're not seeing a whole lot of with any of the 4k ultra hd releases this has the ultra disc and it has a digital and that's it doesn't have a blu-ray because huh. there if you want the blu-ray you're just going to go over and get the paramount presents otherwise it's the same release because i'm looking at the back of the 4k for days of thunder and everything is identical on it you still got the sorry you what still, in the hell that's my alarm oh i thought it was for hockey i was like there's no hockey <laughs> no. And it's got the same thing. The the filmmaker focus, which is a little feature app, which is on all the Paramount Presents releases, and the isolated score. So again, it's identical to that to the Paramount Presents release. Which interesting though is they don't have it anywhere on the packaging that it's considered a Paramount Presents release. Hmm. Other, otherwise, it's just a 4K version of that that Blu-ray, which is really weird, right? Right. The Top Gun one is the same thing. You look on the back of it. It's the same thing as you're looking at it. It has everything that's related to the Top Gun, but this one actually has a second disc. I mean, there's a big difference between Top Gun and Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I just say they're kind of. It's kind of. It's kind of like Pretty in Pink and some kind of Wonderful. Are they really the same movie? I I agree 100. Which uh, the Pretty in Pink thing kind of excites me because maybe we'll get a proper Blu-ray of some kind of Wonderful because I'm still holding on to my, you know, 1999 DVD of it, which has its limitations for sure. Sixteen Candles just recently got a back in April got an an Arrow release, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh yeah. I haven't picked it up yet. I'm waiting for the next Arrow sale because this happened after an Arrow sale. Was interesting though, because it's this is just it, almost a year to the date to the the 35th anniversary limited like that the they did one of those releases with with Universal one of the the book ones you know the book releases the those 24 page booklets they did that last year the end of April last year so it's so funny that an Arrow release came out not even a year later granted it doesn't have all this all all the the cute little books I'm betting it's different. In fact, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, from a re restoration by Arrow Films for from a 4K scan of the original negative. Yeah, there you go. Oh my gosh! That's great. All, all the extras on this, dude. Yeah, this is. I'm gonna be uh, marking this up for. But but then again, dude, how much cheaper are you gonna get it? It's 18.99. Right. And that's better than ha that's 52 percent off. Shit, you know what? I'm ordering this right now. <laughs> 
done. Go on, Arrow. Damn. I believe I got weird science for 1899. Oh, yeah. The Arrow did they did a weird science. They did 16 candles. Did they do did they do a great out? Somebody did a great outdoors. Is it was it universal? Again, it's funny because those are those are all three uh Howie Deutsch movies. Some kind of wonderful seems like it would be prime. Somebody's gonna do it. And I think it's paramount, but I think great outdoors might be universal. Did you get your copy of Criterion's The Breakfast Club? Shut up. <laughs> you know, it's funny, man, is uh, I, I didn't, you know, how would Deutsch directed some other movies, a couple of movies. They're all, there's a lot of them on Prime right now. I, I didn't realize it until I was looking at him right now. But I, and it's funny because I just popped it in my uh, to watch list on um, Prime, but it's uh, Article 99, Ray Liotta and uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. <laughs> he directed a bunch, you know. And Pretty Pink was his first movie. In fact, Pretty in Pink. Some kind of wonderful and the great outdoors were his first three movies, three yeah, consecutive man. years, 86, 87, and 88. Did a, did a bunch of episodes for Tales from the Crypt. But then, yeah, like you said, he he took him a while and then he came back with Article 99. Right. But, dude, the, guy, the guy's worked nonstop. Dude, Grumpy Old Man, The Odd Couple 2. He kind of became the number the sequel guy. He also yeah. did the, the Replacements, which is a good, fun movie. And he did a lot of television, but he didn't do shit television. He did some good stuff, too. So Caroline in the City. Yep. Big surprise there, wife. right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> By the way, at that point, Carolina City, was was Zoe born yet? No. 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 Did he did he oh, you know what? He directed the pilot of Melrose Place. So he yes. made a boatload of money. <laughs> he made an ass ton of money. Yes. Yeah. Like you said, Grumpy Old Man, replacements, whole ten yards. Like you said, he was uh my best friend's girl. You know, he did a few things. And my best friend's girl. All right. You could only go so far with that because it's, you know, it's a Dane Cook movie. <laughs> Who? What happened to Dane Cook? Uh, well. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, mostly. Joey and I watched Zombieland, which was fun for him. I'm sure for him. <laughs> Shut up. I liked it. You didn't like Zombieland? No. The original one you didn't no. like? No. Either one. I wouldn't even bother with the second one. I didn't care for the first one. Wow. Yep. Uh, the second one's fun. You can tell that the writers found their, you know, their real voice making the Deadpool movies because, I mean, that's the same people that did Deadpool too. Anyway, yeah. So there's a lot to for you to contemplate and watch and go on Amazon and buy some movies. But if you can, if it's three or four, if you if you say I've got I've got twenty dollars to buy a movie that I've been wanting to buy for a long time. Buy it from Arrow. If if there's like like I said, we just we, we looked at two different versions. There's 16 candles from last year, that's like three or four dollars less than the the one from from Arrow. Support Arrow, and if you see Shout's got one, support Shout. These guys really they love movies and they're putting it into the you know, they're yeah giving you all this stuff. I mean, most of the stuff I buy, I, I I'm kind of t limited myself to buying really just boutique stuff. Right, we got lucky. With Twilight Time, honestly, the screen archive said, you know what, that's that's quality work over there. And they picked it up because usually in the situations right now, if it goes under for a, for a boutique house like that to go under like Twilight Time, that's it, dude. No one's going to, as we talked about it before, it got snatched up and and, and saved by by screen archives. It was done. Yeah. They were, they were in the middle of a sale. They, they announced it. The word got out about them going down. 
there was a deal in place within days of that. Which I'm still was, waiting for my last order, by the way. <laughs> and we talked about that a little bit, I think, right? We were just kind of like, I think, I think a lot of people, a lot of orders are being delayed, but it didn't sound like Screen Archives was taken over until uh, July 1st. I think that was the date. Maybe it was June 1st. I don't remember, but yeah, totally. I mean, hopefully, the, I mean, I, I would hope that they, they keep the entire catalog because there's some things that, you know, because Twilight was, Twilight was awesome because they would do like those limited runs of 300. Right. Um, but, you know, things that like I didn't jump on then because either A, I didn't know about Twilight then mm-hmm. or I was just busy and wasn't able to, you know, I didn't see the release. Like I, I, there's a there's a John Frankenheimer's uh, film, The Train, mm-hmm. which, I you know, if you're trying to buy a used copy of it, it's like, you know, anywhere from 60 to $100. <laughs> and I was like, good Lord. Yeah. You uh, know, and I've been fighting myself for, you know, a year not to spend. But I mean, I love the movie. But, uh, you know, uh, so hopefully, you know, that's something that gets uh, another sort of pressing once uh, Screen Archives takes over. But, man, their their titles are so good. They've got so many things, man. Yeah, Fright Night is another one. Yeah, I have that. I, I have it, and I it's a treasured item. It's something I will never loan to anyone. <laughs> I ended up picking it up, uh, a UK release of it in all regions. I can't play the extras because of, if you, here's the thing. The extras, if you have an all-region DVD player, you're good to go. But the extras won't play on it. If you get this this import, the extras won't play on it. But the movie plays. You don't have to have an all-region player to play the movie. And it is the same transfer that is on the Twilight Time. Is that is that the is that the one that has like the um there's a panel discussion with the cast of Fright Night one and two? No. It the the extras that are on the disc that I have um is that that full length documentary that you see on Shutter now. Gotcha. Yeah. That's on there. Cool. Yeah. I mean that's a yeah. That's a movie that just screams. I gotta see that on a big screen again. So speaking of big screens, I'm gonna go ahead and zap the big screen and say and talk about the small screen for a second. You've heard about Quibi for a while now, Q-U-I-B-I, and uh, I know some friends that have been working on some content for it. It's pretty wild. And again, it is a iOS, I said iOS, but it is a mobile device centric kind of thing. It can be played other places, but what's really neat, and depending on the production though too, if you're holding, if you're watching the the narrative, whatever you're watching, like the most dangerous game, so there's the Liam Hemsworth uh, series, right? That's part mm-hmm. of this. If you're holding the, the your phone in a in a vertical portrait mode, it plays it one way, and if you turn it landscape, the whole visual changes. Not just the 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 letterboxing, but it, it switches seamlessly to another formatted version of the same thing you're watching. So by just by turning it, you ch- it, you change what you see. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't. It's inconsistent. With it, because not every show takes advantage of it, um, of the capability of it. I haven't done too much of it. I've just seen demos of it. I've been wanting to dive into it. And I know so much of our audience does a lot of stuff on our phones. If I have a choice, obviously, I'm not going to watch it on my phone. But something like this, if the experience has to be on a mobile device, maybe I'll just switch to my my large form, my iPad Pro and do it on there. So the image is a little bit bigger. But it sounds pretty wild. And but um Again, I'm not a big fan of like watching content on my phone. If it's something that can, that, that especially narrative, it's being things that are being shot with, you know, with cinema cameras, I want to be able to see it as big as I can possibly see it. 
But this sounds like something might be unique. Maybe I can airplay it to my Apple TV. I don't know. I'm going to fuss around with it. I'm going to report back next week. But Right on. And if anybody in the audience is familiar with Quibi, you know, please pop on uh, on Twitter or Instagram and point stuff to us or just DM us, whatever. Nobody DMs us, dude. It's terrible. Well, no, D- no DM and no BM. I'm thankful for one. Wow. I, you, have, you haven't BM issues? No, I'm just saying no one BMs us. Oh. <laughs> but we, sometimes we deserve it, though. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, that's it, really, I guess, right? Yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, again, stars. <laughs> yeah, stars. Oh, by the way, and, and, and so we're not totally shitting on stars across the board because we're still, I mean, yeah, it sucks that we're not seeing some things that were shot in 239, 240, 235 in you know, we're getting point to point 16 by nine images. It's not the only ones. I mean, once upon a time in Hollywood is still played in scope. Like it's supposed to be. Yeah. There's some, it's funny, the stuff that is and the stuff that isn't. I mean, I watched, uh, God, what did I watch the other night? Oh, actually it was on Hulu. So never mind. But Hulu does the same thing. Like there's some stuff that is, but then, you know, I, but I would say, because I watched Kill Bill one and two, uh, on Hulu and they are both, they are both in, uh, the correct format. As is any anywhere that you would stream. I think maybe it's Tarantino. Maybe there is no, maybe there isn't a, you know, maybe he didn't allow it. <laughs> well, that's what I thought too. But the more I, it kind of sat with me, here's what I think is happening. The digital copies that come with your DVDs and your Blu-rays, I don't say DVDs, but for your Blu-rays and your uh, 4Ks, all that stuff is scope. If it shot scope or it was 185, whatever, it's proper aspect ratio on the digital copies. I know that because I haven't, I have not put one on my Apple TV that wasn't proper. So what I think is happening is I think what stars is getting a hold of is whatever the studios provide to them for their HBO, for their Cinemax. And they just, whenever somebody else has got a new contract, new carriage deal, that's what they're doing. Yeah. And they're just sending them that version. I think guys like Tubi, that they're like going, Hey, send us this. I, I think it has a lot to do with the file sizes too. I think with the digital copies that are being provided to, to like Tubi, that a proper aspect ratio are the same ones that are, that they're using to stream through Apple TV and Roku. If you were to, to rent or buy one of these movies digitally that they're just lighter on the, on the hard drive, as opposed to those full size 16 by nines that were going on HBO prior to that, that would sit on their main servers before they even start streaming. So I think that's why the smaller ones, smaller companies have those versions of it. And, but like you said, I'm, I'm betting the studio didn't even make, for once upon a time, didn't make anything but yeah that scope version of it because that's again it's always. Can you imagine trying to watch that movie and in, in it just would you you it would it would just kind of ruin the whole experience. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't imagine why it's it's like well, if you look at Pulp Fiction, Jack Rabbit Slim. I've seen what it's, I've seen what Pan and Scan looks like. Yeah, and the second you take a, a movie shot the way it was shot, like Pulp Fiction, and you put it in one of those point to point sixteen by nine images, it's just like Pan and Scan because both Mia and Vincent are cut off in the wide shot in their booth. You, you, you can't, it's, they just are, it's terrible. Yeah. But it doesn't matter, but it's, but look, there's a lot of good stuff on stars, a lot of really good stuff on stars and not everything on stars is crippled by the aspect ratio situation. Like again, you couldn't play we, there once upon a time wouldn't play because he makes use of his hard, right, hard left framing. He, he really does always has. And once upon a time is no different, but that, you know, most, all these action movies that we keep talking about, 
the 90s ones that were covering, they have always had home video in mind. And home video in mind was always VHS when they were putting this stuff out. DVDs were infant. They were, they were in the infancy stage. It was 97, right? And so either it was VHS or it was LaserDisc. And LaserDisc, we were just getting a letterboxed image. Shit, sometimes we were still getting LaserDisc that were painted and scanned for some dumb reason. Right. But that's why so much of this stuff is that point to point 16 by nine is because there really was an opportunity like there is now for them to take proper aspect ratio titles that are already in digital form. But again, VHS days, these movies are coming from just so the scene in 16 by nine is better than seen in pan and scan, right? It certainly is. <laughs> Anything is better than pan and scan. All right. Well, I guess that's it, man. That's, yeah. I got nothing else. I got nothing else to talk about. I could ramble, but what's the point? There's always next week. And we got something fun that we're doing later in the week. We're finally getting around to doing something we've talked about for a bit. And I'm not going to say anything more just in case scheduling conflicts come about. Yep. Hopefully this is the start of a handful of these types of shows. And again, we'll just leave it at that. Stay tuned. So if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Corey on Letterboxd at Corey underscore Culp. If you'd like to follow me, you can call me Rock'n'Roll33 on your Instagram and Tom Cody at Letterboxd. Tom Cody letterboxed cool word